This is the 10 Minute Contrarian Podcast. This is VP. We are a solutions-based podcast, diving into the world of contrarian investing and alternative finance. You can find us hosted on the No Nonsense Forex YouTube channel, nonsenseforex.com, and podcast players everywhere. Episode 37 is brought to you by Blueberry Markets. Things are getting a little too real out there in the financial world. You can either sit back and let it happen and just kind of hope and pray that you're going to be okay, or you can take charge. You can take control. You can make money by investing in the markets and by trading them. If you're outside the United States, there is one clear choice here. You need a broker that allows you to trade Forex and crypto and the top 50 American stocks, all while having the best customer service in the world. If this interests you even a little, click the link down below in the show notes. That will take you to the blog, which will give you all the current information you need. And then on that blog, click the link at the bottom. This will make you eligible for a cash bonus and your own personal customer service representative should anything go wrong. And if you're inside of the United States, fear not. I got a great place for you. Check the show notes as well. It is the 10-Minute Contrarian Podcast, and oh boy, here we go. The battle of citizens versus their government for financial control just got a little too close to home for a lot of people. Now, this is not a political podcast. I'm not a very politically charged person, but because of that, this allowed me to see a few things that I don't think a lot of people saw this week. So for those of you listening to this podcast far into the future, what's going on right this moment is you have the protests up in Canada. People were donating to them. The government obviously hates that. So not only did they do their best to stifle these donations, they actually were able to find the names of people who donated and instead went on the offensive and went after them. Now, things like this have happened in the past, but they are in countries that are globally seen as corrupt or backwards or simply too small of a country for anybody else to really care. Uh, but this time it happened in Canada, a fully developed, wealthy Western country that many people have migrated to over the years uh, in search of greater liberties and a better life. And so the big retweet this week, or one of them, probably the biggest, was I think the finance minister, Christia Freeland, came out and said, we have the names of the people who donated. And we now give authorization to Canadian banks to temporarily suspend business with these people. So chalk up another W for the conspiracy theorist out there that said if you don't do what the government wants, they're going to come after your money. Most people thought that was outrageous. And now here we are. Now there are still going to be people out there who say, well, you know, I'm not a political radical uh, who's going to take matters this far, so I'm fine. They're never going to come after me. Uh, and you are free to think that, and you certainly might be right. But if you think governments are only going to go this far and then stop and never take this any further, uh, then I don't think you're very good at predicting the future. You know, you give people an inch, they'll take a mile. So it was definitely cause for concern, and I think just about everybody out there should be concerned. I have people on all sides of the political spectrum who listen to this podcast, liberals and conservatives, so let me address you both. 
There are liberals out there who say, well, this is the side that I support anyway. I don't like the fact that people are donating to these protesters. So, you know, I'm going to be the last person they ever go after. And then there are conservatives who say, you know, this might be going on right now, but there's no way these people are going to get reelected. It's just a matter of time. We're going to be okay, too. Um, But have you noticed that as much of an infringement as this seems to a lot of people, there really hasn't been so far, at least, one world leader to come out and condemn any of these actions. And these world leaders are on both sides of the political spectrum. Now, you did have one. You had Nayib Bukele from El Salvador, who has become the poster child for freedom and liberty nowadays. Um, but apart from that one person, you know, pretty much every world leader out there wants to make sure this option stays on the table should they ever have to use it. And if there's no successful resistance to this, how far would they let it go? You know, again, this was once just the talk of crazy conspiracy people, but those walls have been broken down. A lot of things we never thought were going to happen have happened. And as a result of this particular event, people were freaking out one way or the other. There were people who were just flat out scared, people who were flat out angry. And then you had the Bitcoin people. They were too busy doing victory dances to see what was really going on here. Uh, So a couple things. First off, they said they authorize the banks. I tweeted this out. If you don't follow me on Twitter, that's your fault. But I'll still tell you what, what happened here. Uh, They said, we authorize banks, which just really means we give banks permission to shut these people's accounts down. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute here. Banks pretty much live and die off of their reputation, and that is to keep your money safe. And that's pretty much number one, two, and three. Almost anything else they do doesn't matter if they are not able to keep your money safe. And they have built this reputation for safety and trust For the past, what, 50, 100, 200 years, depending on what the bank is? And Canadian banks have a sterling reputation around the world. We talked about the top 50 safest banks in the world on a different episode. And Canada, every major Canadian bank is pretty much in the top 20 somewhere. While there are no major commercial American banks on that list. I can't believe I'm saying this. I actually felt bad for the banks. I'm like, what a dick move. (laughs) Like, they didn't ask for this. Now they got to make a choice. And if they choose to shut down these accounts, they are in danger of completely ruining their reputation for safety and trust that took them decades and decades and decades to build. Now, we know governments and banks often work hand in hand. Not sure how much of this is actually going to be their choice at the end of the day, but it's a really shit situation for them. I think maybe the one way they can get around this is just by doing it to a few people here and there. And by doing that, most people will still feel pretty good about it. I don't know. It's just an idea I had. But there was also talk on Twitter at the same time about starting a bank run in Canada, uh, which I wish would not have happened because bank runs hurt a lot of innocent people. You should never be rooting for a bank run. Yes, it is going to make your precious metals and your crypto holdings go up, probably. Um, But like Brad Pitt's character said in The Big Short, don't dance. Uh, That is not the way we want it to go down. But this does change sentiment now, doesn't it? Overall, people trust banks less than they did before. Now, eventually, how did they get around this? Well, they sent Bitcoin. 
Bitcoin is the people's money. Bitcoin cannot be messed with by governments. Problem solved. Or was it? The very next day, reports came out. Canadian officials have gathered Bitcoin addresses and sent them to banks, also telling them not to do business with these people. And then in the United States, the FBI to form National Cryptocurrency Unit, focusing on the seizure of virtual assets like Bitcoin and other blockchain analytics. They're coming. Mark Moss said on his Twitter today, he goes, did you really think this war was going to be easy? As cryptocurrency lovers, we are going straight to the final boss. And I think this is the primary reason why price dropped across the board this week, even though last week I predicted this to happen, pretty much regardless. But, you know, crypto holders don't feel as confident as they used to. So people are losing faith in their own banks. They're losing faith in crypto. You know, where do we turn? Where are the solutions? We are a solutions-based podcast. And we will get to those solutions. Let's just clear a few things up along the way because I'm not sure how much this is going to play in as this whole saga unfolds. First of all, don't think a bank run is going to break a major Western bank. They are way too capitalized nowadays. This isn't It's a Wonderful Life. Like You can't do that anymore. You could do it in Cyprus because they were very small. And I think that was just one or two banks that that happened to. I should brush up on my history there. But Thankfully, bank runs aren't going to break a bank. Now, we talked before, and I did this on Twitter a little bit too, to where FDIC is not going to cover your bank account at all, hardly, maybe like a 20th of it. That's all the money it has. Um, And speaking of not having any money, banks are now allowed to not have any cash in their vaults at all. Uh, They have to have some of the ATM. But beyond that, you know, if a bunch of people went in and wanted cash, they're probably not going to have it, which seems absurd. Like that. It's a bank. That's where you go get the money. You know, banks just aren't that way anymore. But despite not being able to break a major Western bank during a bank run, um, I remember watching a video with George Gammon and Emil Kalinowski. Uh, Emil Kalinowski, if you don't know him, he teaches uh, Euro Dollar University with Jeffrey Snyder. It's super deep and nerdy, but if you like stuff like that, that's a really good little YouTube channel to watch. Uh, but anyway, they were talking, and Emil had this great evidence. And as much as I like George Gammon, he was really irritating me because he just kept interrupting Emil at the most important junctures. But, but he showed how these major Western developed countries around the world um, had different levels of um, peril when it came to being really close to having a complete banking meltdown. And there are four major categories. And Canada was the only country who had issues with all four of those categories. Pretty much saying, look, Canada will be the first banking system to collapse if we do have a collapse in the banking system. And again, this sounds so strange if if you've always known how strong Canadian banks have been this entire time. So what also happened this week is a lot of these banks all of a sudden went offline. (laughs) because you did have a lot of people trying to pull their money out. And just at the same time, they decided to just completely shut that option down, at least remotely. Uh, So just yet another wrinkle in this unfolding story. I said on Twitter, get your popcorn out, guys. This is only beginning. Um, The financial theater this decade, as tragic as it's going to be, is going to be a very entertaining watch. Yet we don't want to just sit back and watch. And happily become victims, even though we know we could have done something about it. 
We need to protect ourselves. And if you simply think migrating all of your money over to the blockchain is successfully going to do that, I think you are making a gigantic mistake. And I'm a crypto bull. I know there's a lot of you, especially younger people, who have anywhere from 90 to 99% of their money on the blockchain. I know you love it. I know it's been very good to you so far. But I don't care how good it is. You should never have that much of your money sitting anywhere. As far as the solutions go, guys, I've given you the answer a long time ago. But it sounded too eccentric for most of you. It sounded like too much work for most of you. And that is to spread your money out in as many places as possible. So cash in banks, cash in other currencies, cash in offshore banks. You know, in this particular situation, if for some reason I was one of those people they were targeting and they said, Mr. VP, as a, as a Canadian, which I'm not, but if I was, as a Canadian, you cannot do business with Canadian banks and cash out your Bitcoin or whatever it was. I'm like, oh, well, no problem. I, I got a bank over in this country and we'll just do it over there. So cash in those three places. Also, having precious metals. Also, having stocks. Also, having crypto. Also, having hard assets. Become anti-fragile. You know, most people are fragile. Most people are going to be screwed if a government decides to take complete control via their money system. And don't think that's not on the table once these CBDCs come in, the central bank digital currencies. It's going to change a lot of things. I'm not saying governments are absolutely going to do this, but if they wanted to, it will certainly be a lot easier. And at the end of the day, they're not going to worry about people like us that have spread ourselves out because we will be the great minority. We don't matter. But what we do have that the rest of the crowd will not is options. When you have options and things like this happen, there's really not a lot of cause for concern because we're protected and our families are protected. The people who have all their money in banks or every last dollar they have on the blockchain are going to be the ones freaking out and panicking. And when you panic, you make bad decisions. You see news events like we saw this week, and you immediately allow emotions to take over. Spread yourself out in as many places as possible. And when it comes to doing things offshore, do not go into the YouTube comment section and ask me how to do it. I have, what is it now, three, one on the way, so four offshore bank accounts. And it is more difficult for an American to do this than it is anybody else. And I did it four times. So it's not super difficult. You just have to get out and do it. And a couple of these accounts don't even have much in them. Some of them are just there for currency hedging. Um, but other ones are just there to simply have options. Should something go wrong? Things have been so good for so long that nobody bothers to do things like this. Because in their mind, this is just a minor setback, and we're going to get back to the way things were, and everything's going to be great again. And I suppose that could happen. Um, but I am personally not betting on it. I took action long ago. And if you tell somebody that you have four offshore bank accounts, two domestic bank accounts, three different crypto exchanges, like seven or eight wallets, precious metals stored away, uh, you will absolutely be looked at as crazy. 
but it sure doesn't seem as crazy now as it did before, doesn't it? That's because we're not crazy. We're just early.